kind of threw me off there a little bit. <laughs> uh, Yo! Welcome to another episode of Helping Homies Win the Podcast. Tools for Lifting a Generation. I am the homie Tony. Hey, and this your boy T. Ross in the building. What's cracking? Hey, dog, I kind of feel like a rapper on that one. Hey, bro. I like how you did that. I was trying to think of a new way to introduce myself. <laughs> I didn't have enough time, like, you know. Nah, I saw Gucci. Hey, that's what my favorite thing is about some of them pot. Damn, we didn't get water. You got a little bit, though. It's all good. That's one of my favorite things about, like, other podcasts are, like, um. We need to get an intern so we can get some water. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maddie was here, man. She go fetch some water. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> How you doing, bro? Man, I'm, I'm doing great, bro. I feel marvelous. You feel marvelous, bro? How's your homework, man? Is it done? Man's gonna ask me about homework. I said I was doing marvelous, bro. Why are you gonna ask me about homework? Cause, uh, cause that's why you're doing marvelous, man. Tell the people what you got going on, bro. Man, I got uh, I got stuff to do. Now I'm uh, just I finished up my first week of grad school last week. I am uh, entering into my second week, and uh, you know, I'm just pursuing this masters. Out here trying to master something for once. You know what I'm saying? I used to be a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> That's lit though, man. Like, yeah. I mean, we ain't got to get into all of it, but I really enjoy it. Like, we was talking about just like that whole, like the whole, uh, the way that they teach mm. masters as opposed to just like traditional um, and uh, secondary education. Right. I'm not a collegiate nothing, so I don't really know if I'm. I'm not a collegiate terms, nothing. But uh, <laughs> but nah, that's hard though, bro. So it's uh, it's cool, man. You know, you're 28 years old doing homework, dog. 27, brother. <laughs> 27 We're gonna keep it at that 2-7 You feel me Um, Yeah I mean Like we we talked about it The other day And and as I said I feel like a lot of uh, The homies that we talk to um, You know You and I had a conversation I'm like yo This conversation we're having Is the exact same conversation I have in my class Yeah You know what I mean So it's very interesting To think about the task of getting a master's and what that sounds like just as you know getting your bachelor's or getting your associate seems like such a task when you're in high school but the truth is it's 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 just a reflection of growth you know mm-hmm. it's being able to think critically be able to assess critique give feedback and offer new insights and I feel like you and I do that on this podcast you know yeah. I, and I'd, I'd be I'd be shocked if I don't come across more conversations throughout this two-year journey that don't reflect or resemble those that we have on the podcast already. Yeah, you yeah. feel me? So, um, but is, I mean, is that? Do you think that's going to be? To not to blame, but do you think that's going to be as a result of like who you are and the type of energy that you're emanating, or is that just you know what I mean? In the classroom or here on the podcast? I think in life. In life. You know what I'm saying? Like if you okay. think about your conversations, right? Because yeah. of the wavelength you're on, the frequency you operate on. I mean, would you say that that attract that energy attracts those types of interactions and and podcast and those uh, and conversations? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I think it definitely does. I yeah. think um, you know this is something I've been told over the years is that you know when I'm around certain people, certain conversations happen. But when I'm not there, it's like an absence of those absence mm. of that those type of conversations. Really? Um, and to me, that just goes back to my philosophy. I think we're all capable of maintaining. Um, our minds in such a way that we're able to exercise critical thinking and thinking in theory. Oh, you said we're all capable? I think we're all capable, Stop. bro. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I don't I'm agree glad, with you, but go ahead. I'm glad you don't agree. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm 
this is what I believe genuinely. I feel like I've had conversations with some of the homies, some people that aren't the homies, where, you know, not in private, but when we have, you know, more intimate conversations, you know, certain concepts or whatever may be something I'm just more familiar with because I've taken the time to unpack them and talk about them and think about them and reflect on them. Yeah. Um, overthink sometimes. And being able to introduce it to someone may be like, okay, I got I got to set the groundwork. I got to give some context, some examples, which is fine, you know, because I've taken the time to do that. But once that's happened and that person is up to speed, they also have something to offer, right? Because it makes sense. Now, if I walk away from the conversation, that person walks away from the conversation and goes back to their, you know, everyday environment. That conversation may not come up again. Mm. They're going to resort right back to what the conversation usually is within their communities that they frequent, whether it's at work, right. with friends, with family. And I think that's very much okay. You know, I think that that shows that you know pulling that person out of that environment, if even for a five-minute conversation. They are capable. They have the capacity to operate and think on that level. Mm-hmm. It's just that they aren't in a place that's going to continue to encourage that type of response. Right. Um, you know, if they, if, and it's not to say these these communities are enabling in any way, but if a community has a certain expectation, or wherever that person may be from, to only talk and think on this level, there's no need to go above and beyond that. Right. You know, because it doesn't require all that. But they get pushed into a new space. They're going to have to influence. They're going to have to change. You know. Um, even for me in my classes now, I feel like I have a cool understanding of the content because I've worked professionally in student affairs, so I'm able to add a lot to the convo. But even some of my peers who are recent graduates and have not necessarily had professional experience, they still have something to offer because they themselves were once an, a student. And now that they're reading this content, they actually have context of situations to begin to think about how they think they would be in these circumstances. So even though they haven't experienced it, they're able to stretch their minds to kind of apply it mm-hmm. in a way that's um, authentic enough that they could bring a new perspective and new insight to the said topic. So, yeah, I say that all that to say I think everyone is capable. It's just about the environments we're in. Like anyone's capable of getting stronger. I feel you on that. I, I do think to a degree that's correct. But I, th- I mean, does it smell good, bro? What's cracking, bro? Man, it does. So listen, this, I, this, I didn't even realize. So I, hate to, I hate to do this. So as we're talking about this, um, I'm, I'm trying to put my boy, my my bro, onto some my face moisturizer. Um, some of the ladies in hair and makeup had put me on a while back, and he's like, he keeps smelling my face moisturizer. He said in hair and makeup because he's an actor. Okay, um, but he keeps he keeps smelling my face moisturizer. So I just want to make sure it's, it's dope because it's distracting the hell out of me. But it's cool. Hold on, hold on. Let's clarify. I'm smelling the the face moisturizer in the container. I'm not smelling it off his face. You're not. Yeah, because we're sitting across <laughs> from each other. <laughs> Imagine, dog, you over here smelling my face. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm going to point real quick. Hold on. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Back to the topic, though. But I feel like um, you're right uh, to to a degree. But at the same time, I think about those people who who aren't. They they haven't like really developed their 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 critical thinking skills mm-hmm. or their theoretical thinking skills that they can't even have those conversations. Um, like I think of my dad, for example. You know, there's certain conversations, there's certain ideas that that he can't really participate in because mm-hmm. you know he doesn't think that critically, or he or he's not able to think that um and and he's not able to take the other the opposition's um, vantage point mm-hmm. in order to really have a collaborative discussion to get somewhere. Okay. Kind of like we were just discussing about, like, you know, how people like to talk about, like, problems, you know? And yeah. I, I feel like we all know those, those people who will talk about 
you know, the problem that exists and, 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 and everything wrong with the system in place, but they don't want to collaborate and find ways and resources and, and, and develop tools in order to practically change the system and change its integrity. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are definitely afraid of change. Um, and like you said, it's a lot comfortable to kind of hide behind um, the problem yeah. itself, um, even if the work put in is to explore or understand that there is a problem. Like, kind of like what we just discussed prior to getting on 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 uh, on air is um, like I gave the example of people who are woke. You know, not everyone is woke, and I think people start to learn about how the system is just as you get older and get exposed to more things. You become woke to recognize, okay, there's some deficiencies within our community. You know, other people have more opportunity than we have. It's almost like it's a lot easier to start fighting for the fact that why don't we have access to the same stuff? But it's almost as if that fight stops at, we don't have access, we don't have access. Hey, we don't have access rather than, okay, now that I have more access and knowledge, what can I do to give access to someone? Like the fact that there is an opportunity to come into that information, I think there's also a, a, a tied responsibility to give that information back to someone else um, versus staying stagnant and literally just saying that there isn't um that th that there's a lack of you know i don't want to say complaining but that's my personal opinion i would say complaining complaining about the fact that there's a problem i think it needs to be a two-step approach acknowledge that there's a problem but also see what can be done with the information that you already have and how you can provide somewhat or the beginning of a solution for someone else um but that's, that's the idea responsibility. you know the idea is that you know talking about the problem and and, and just voicing its existence mm -hmm is enough for a lot of people, right? Because people want to absolve themselves from responsibility. Ooh, 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 say it again, say it again. Hold on, slow that down, slow that down, slow that down. Hey, if you got a pen, if you got a paper, if you got to type it on your notes, say it again, bro. Uh, people want to absolve themselves from responsibility in these discussions, right? Everybody can, can, can point the finger, be a snitch, and say, this is what's wrong, you guys should arrest that man. But people don't want to, like, really take responsibility and ownership and the issues that, that plague our culture, our society, our families, our relationships, our friends, we don't want to take that responsibility and take an approach. It's almost as if, you know, you have a friend that's an addict, right? Mm. And it's easy to sit there and say, hey, man, you know, you're an addict. You need to stop doing drugs. You need to stop drinking liquor. It's bad for you, right? It's easy to do that. But what people don't want to do is sit down with that person and collaborate an approach to say, hey, look, I know that you struggle with this. You know, let's figure out why you struggle with this. What can we do to help? you know, get you out of this position into a better one. Mm -hmm. You know, what you think about going to rehab? You know, man, if you wanted to go uh, get some help and talk to somebody, man, I'll be willing to, uh, to do that with you. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because in that, in, 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 that, in that situation, now I'm taking ownership and I'm a participant in finding the solution. I hear that. It's, it's almost like that's taking a restorative approach mm -hmm. um, because you're looking at how can I help heal this person yeah because there's clearly it's some active it's active right yeah. there's there's clearly some hurt going on and there's something that caused this to occur not to say this person shouldn't be held responsible or liable for whatever the the issue may be but to take that other step almost feels and, I, and i'm taking it from an approach of i've been in that place before taking an approach to help almost feels as if you're letting that person get off easy mm. So the punishment needs to be carried out to the fullest of extents with no mercy, no grace, no forgiveness, no yeah. understanding. Yeah. And I would say the point I'm in, 
in my life is more times than not I'm, I'm looking at that pers- that perspective of well how could this person put themselves in that position or not how could they put themselves how what may have occurred for this person to be responding in this manner right and it's not to say they don't have responsibility because I think that's living on one of two extremes either you let them get away with it or you don't let them get away with right. it but I think there's a way to hold someone responsible but yet still be loving enough to correct them in love right you know um it could be something as drastic as you know a crime that you know needs to be punished i, I got you this cra- so so i got a story for you I, I like that you brought this part of it up okay. um, so i feel like responsibility in relationships sometimes isn't what really matters you okay. know it's important sure um you know for its time but I, I, it gets to a point where when you focus so much on that responsibility that only serves the ego you know, and that's not going to really help uh, produce change and affect a better relationship if that's what you want, right? Um, short story. So um, I don't ever tell you about my auntie. Um, we kind of fell out because, uh, you know, she owed me some money. It wasn't a, a large amount. It was like actually a very, you know, insignificant amount of money. But, you know, my dad got involved with it and it became like a deal. Vaguely. Okay. So there's a situation. This, this happened a long time ago, right? Uh, my aunt, um, I loaned her some money. She's going through some really hard times with um, with her family, you know, her husband, her kids, whatever, trying to provide, pay the rent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt that I grew up with that treated me like one of her own kids. My aunt that, you know, took me in every summer, every weekend, and, you know, we she always exposed me to things that were really, really fun. She took me out of my neighborhood and, like, took me to places that I wouldn't have really seen otherwise. She took me to my first play. Uh, we saw The Lion King. Um, at the Hollywood something something, mm. the name of the place. But you know, she she was like you know my only real true family member, right? So I was 17 years old or 18, I can't even remember. And I had a little job at Jersey Mike's, um, loaned her you know a few dollars, and um, my dad finds out about it, right? So uh, I think my dad was pressing me about um, pressing me about my money in some way. I can't really remember, but you know he finds I, I tell him I think I told him I tell him that I. Um, you know, I loan, loan my aunt some money, blah, 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 you know, and I'm not really thinking nothing of it because I don't, I don't overvalue money, you know, mm-hmm. but that's another conversation. So, you know, my dad finds out about it. He gets upset because his, it's, his, it's his thinking that, um, or his idea that she shouldn't be borrowing money from no kid, mm-hmm. right? So he's on that way. He's like, nah, she need to pay your, pay your money back, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. Very cut and dry, right? So he keeps pressing me, pressuring me to pursue her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and confront her about paying me back. Cause I need mines, right? Um, and in doing that, you know, he created he created a lot of tension between the two of us. You know, he told his mother, you know, which is you know both their mom, you know, and then it became something around the family where it seems as if, you know, the narrative becomes, you know, she's taking advantage of her nephew kind of thing. Wow. When that wasn't really, wow. You know, the circumstances in which it happened, you yeah. know. But you know, my aunt didn't really have it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So after that happened, we kind of fell out. We had some words, and you know, she you, ended and, up, you and your aunt, me and my aunt, mm. and she ended up mailing me the money. Um, you know, um, when she when she finally had it, and she and the, well, when she finally had, she ended up mailing me the money, and then we didn't talk for a while, right? Um, for years, actually. Um, so wow. Over this, you know, my dad would always bring up the story, right? So he kept this, essentially, this lie alive of, you know, she should have never borrowed no money from no kids. She should have never. You know, done that, blah blah blah. You know, kept kept that 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 portion that of narrative of it, yeah. alive. You know, which while the facts are true, but the intention and the uh, 
the um, emotional aspect behind it is not, right? Mm. So he kept that alive, right? So it, 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 it kept this divide between us, yeah. you know, because at the time, I'm young, I'm impressionable, and I'm trying to please my father, right? you know, because my dad's telling me to do something. That's I want to make sure he's happy. That's loud, right? by the way. Trying yeah. to please my dad, right? And then trying to please my dad, I mishandle a situation, right? So I didn't talk to my aunt for years, bro. And you feel like that's you mishandling the situation because of the narrative that was kept alive. Because of the so narrative long. that was kept alive. At the time, the narrative that um, that he was trying to guide me with, you know, led me to be too aggressive in my approach with dealing with my family member. Mm. You know, one of my loved ones. Okay. Because of what, you know, a superior loved one, you yeah. know, my dad kind of supersedes, I guess. Yeah. You know, somebody that's not in my immediate family and mm. I mishandled the situation. So I talked to um, my aunt over the weekend, finally, for the first time in years. You, I, I keep forgetting I haven't told you this Wait, yet. you talking about writing like the like, weekend? Like, like yesterday, bro. Like yeah, Was yesterday Sunday? Like the, yeah. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday, I was talking to my cousin about it because I've been wanting to reach out to her, but I hadn't known how. Wow. So I finally reached out to her, and I called her, and uh, we had a beautiful conversation. That's you amazing. Know? And just, just to guys give you guys the cliff notes, it was pretty much, it was like, you know, I apologized to her for... Um, mishandling the situation, you know. I, I I just say, yo, I felt like, you know, I could have done better in that conversation. I felt like we both could have done better. I could have done better in the way I handled it, because I don't think I handled it right, and I think I was kind of following the wrong guidance and Ooh. dealing with that situation. First of all, that's a big step for you to one recognize that it partially is your responsibility, but also be mindful that you weren't getting the proper guidance. Mm-hmm. And even though you weren't getting the proper guidance, still accepting responsibility for it. And yeah. to even go further, recognizing that you were, you know, much more of a, I guess, a child at that point, mm-hmm. like a young man. Yeah. And now you're a grown man, full like a full-fledged adult, owning up to it. Right. Even when you could have allowed the fact, the fact that you were young. Yeah, I couldn't have behind that. But that's, here, the thing, at the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day is this. What is going to get me what I want, right? Mm. Now, if I'm being true and honest, what I want is to have my auntie back. Mm. I want my auntie back, right? So if I really want my auntie back, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. If that's true and yes. honest. If that's true I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make that happen. Yes, yes. And that means I have to apologize. Even if I don't think, you know, I did anything that bad or, I, or that that person deserves an apology or that, you know, I was in the wrong, mm-hmm. you know, although those I do believe that, you know, I do share responsibility in my situation. Yeah. But even in a situation where you don't fully believe all of that, mm-hmm. if you really want that person back, you know, I feel like you got to reanalyze the situation and figure out what could I have done better to prevent the situation from, from being this. Yes. Right. Yes. So we chopped, you know, and I, and I tell her that, you know, um, you know, kind of mishandled it, took some bad guidance, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, that I loved her and that, you know, um, you know, it just hurts me that we don't have a relationship anymore and that that could have been prevented, you know. Um, so at the end of the conversation, after I finished talking or whatever, I said a lot more than that, but after, I finished, after we finished talking, you know, I can kind of hear her, uh, <laughs> I can hear her voice crack a little bit. You wow. Know? And then she tells me how, like, um, you know, she was really hurt by the situation, you know, and she knows my dad. She knows why it went the way it went, you know, but, you know, she had to kind of let it go in order to have, she just wanted peace. She's mm-hmm. like, when I gave you the money back, I didn't even have it like that. Wow. But I just wanted peace, right? And she's like, you know, when I wrote, wrote the letter, wrote, wrote, uh, wrote, uh, when I wrote that little note to you saying thank you for, uh, for everything you did for us, I meant that. Right, so because I'm believing my dad's side of the narrative, 
I'm looking at that like, oh, she want to be funny. She's trying to be smart, right? Wow. I'm looking at it through that lens because that's what my dad has conditioned me to look at how my dad's conditioned the situation and for me to look at it. So I'm looking at it like, oh, man, she's trying to be smart, <laughs> whatever, right? But she meant that, mm. you know? So that's why I think it's important, you know, to have your own voice, you know what I mean, in situations, man. But we talked. It was beautiful, man. She kind of teared up a little bit on me. I teared up. I heard her voice crack a little bit. But she was just like, you know, kind of telling me that, you know, that's all she was waiting for is to, you know, is to hear that, to hear those words. Everything you just said is all I was waiting for. And she's like, you know, to be honest with you, I've missed you. you know, I've missed my nephew. You know, I wanted my nephew back. You know, I want my brother back. You know, I want a relationship with my brother. Right, my dad's not, not not doesn't have that side of the narrative, you know, yeah. towards her. But she does. I yeah. want my brother back. I mean, I miss my nephew. All this love, dude. Wow. So wow. we sat on the phone, man. You know, we made amends. You know, we got plans to see each other. I think either tomorrow or Wednesday. Wow. You know, after years, bro. Years. Hold dog. on, bro. Hold on. Hold on. Years, that's dog. deep. That's deep. Let that sit. Hold on. Years, dog. She said, "That's all I've been waiting for." Yeah. And she's. Oh, and, and she's. And I've never heard her say this before. She said too. She was like, you know, she's like, you know, you're like a son to me. Ooh. She's like, you're like a son to me. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, 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 I'm, I'm scrambling because I'm emotional. You guys can't see me. I got, you know, my eyes are a little misty. Uh, I had some onions before we started this. Yeah, I <clears throat> yeah those onions. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I say that to say, man, it's like, although, you know, it's not your responsibility to do certain things, I'm not responsible for yeah. anybody older than me in my family. I'm yeah. not responsible. You're not. Right? However, you know, bump that. You know, what do I need to do, you know, to take accountability? I think that's the thing. I think accountability and responsibility are two different things. Yeah, well, I would I agree. need to be accountable to the situation and to make it better, mm. right? To take that first step, right? right? Because that fear is elusive. That fear, does, that fear isn't real. Yeah, that fear of her not accepting me or things not working out, whatever, that's, 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 that ain't it. That, yeah. It's like you have, you have that responsibility to yourself, though, as well. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've had that thought. Even prior to it actually happening, which is fine because you got to a point. The where thought of to talk the to third her. of reaching out. Oh, for years. talking, right? I've been thinking about this for years. And and I think we can once again hide behind all these other excuses and we just live with this discomfort. You know, we live with the fact of well, you know, we're writing it off to that, or it's not my fault. But that doesn't take away that void that we feel. Yeah. The fact that you even had the thought to reach out uh, uh, was was a clear indication that. You weren't fully comfortable with where you all were no. in that moment, right? And even if you had something to hide behind, that that act of hiding wasn't bringing you peace. Yeah. And I think we have to be so aggressive with chasing peace for ourselves that we do the things that bring us discomfort because if we don't, we're going to be uncomfortable anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. You saying that made me think about the situation with my dad. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? Oh, bro, that was not my intention, but I, I hear know. you. I know, but but this is the piece. Like, just thinking about the situation with my dad. If you haven't heard it, go go listen to uh, my daddy broke up with me. Um, <laughs> I still help, love that title, on, by the way. On the, the on the Helping Homies Win podcast, you can find it on Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud, Google Google Play, Spotify coming soon. No, but um. <laughs> The, the reason why I said it remind me of the situation with my dad is because I know I did everything I was supposed to do. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And my dad may not feel that way. Right. And if I truly desire a relationship with my dad off the strength of that's my father, um, 
am I willing to do what it takes to reach out and quote unquote put myself out there mm. for the person who is responsible for me being alive? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Think about oh my God, this is taking this is going back to even other situations. We talk about the things that we would do in relationships. Mm-hmm. If it's a chick that I'm no longer yeah. with because yeah. we broke up, yeah, and I'm gonna go pursue her, yeah, because oh I'm I'm lonely and I want her to be laid up here next to me or I want somebody to go Why? to the movies with because she can do something for you. She can do something for me, but you this don't moment, need your I don't no need more. my parent right no. now. I don't need my dad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But the truth is, I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not as um, tangible. So it's a lot easier to go out on a limb and look stupid and sending that late night text to, the, to, to my ex or sending, you know, a hey big head, you know, when she posts a fire <laughs> picture. You know what I'm saying? Whatever yeah. it is to, to hopefully give me a, a foot in the door at, at rekindling something, why would I not take a similar step from my father? Yeah. Right? Because he feels like I've wronged him. And then regardless of I feel like I haven't, do his feelings matter enough for me to say I don't want him to feel like I've hurt him, mm. even though I know I didn't do anything necessarily wrong? Right. I'm still responsible, you know. And I look at the situation, you know, in in just a little bit extra context. You know, my sister's not my sister and him haven't communicated. He and my grandma, his mom, haven't communicated. Right. My dad and his siblings have not communicated. So right. it's like okay. Do we all just say, okay, something's wrong with him and he's tripping? Or do we reach out and say, man, we love you. We don't want this to be the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if he, it's, it's all these things that we have done unintentionally, how important is it? You know, um, That's something my grandma actually made mention of, her wanting you know, to reach out and find other ways to kind of just reach him in spite of her not understanding what's going on. Your grandma? My grandma, his mom. Oh, his mom, okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's just very interesting to hear because... Um, I actually haven't had any like clear thoughts of like, dang, I should reach out to my dad or I should say this, I should say that. I haven't felt that way. Yeah. But you made mention of what is it that I want? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You want a relationship with your aunt. Yeah. And she clearly wanted the same thing. So that alone should be enough. It shouldn't have to come down to this, well, I have this feeling or I have this whatever because I think it's easy to be um, desensitized to like that, that even inkling. Because that's how you protect yourself. Right. If you don't care, if it's, man, bump them, I ain't worried about them, blah, blah, blah. And he tripping, yeah. whatever, yeah. man. He, he my dad. He want, when, you, when you hide behind all that pride and all that ego, mm-hmm. right, it's easy to be desensitized for it and be like, yo, whatever. Because that, yeah. that's a more comfortable place. That's extremely to comfortable. Be a, be, to be desensitized as opposed to really like allowing it to hurt you it, and allowing that, 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 that pain to let you know that something needs to happen, something's right. wrong. Because it's extremely uncomfortable to be honest with your feelings because then you're putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You're at risk of being hurt. And it's just like we can't run from these moments because it's those very moments that, that, that help us get stronger, that make us more in tune with who, with who we are. Yeah. And I think it's easy to understand when we're talking about a physical. You know what I'm saying? When we're working out at the gym, we're literally tearing our muscles yeah. in order to get stronger. Yeah. And that tear is pain. Yeah. But it's a pain we're willing to deal with. And I think emotionally, we don't take care of ourselves in that same regard no. to say, you know, this emotion sucks. Whether it's anger, it's sad, it's whatever. It's an emotion that we have to be willing to confront and figure out what can be done to, I guess, kind of grab the W from the situation. But we also don't take care of people accordingly. Right? Explain that. So, excuse me, y'all. Um, so I say that um, in a way of, um, I guess I'll use a child as an example. Um, 
let's let's think about a kid, right? No, 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 let's not think about a kid. Let's think about um somebody that's sick, right? Let's keep it simple. Let's say, you know, you got a little brother or something mm-hmm. and he's coughing and he's sneezing, right? And he's, 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 he has a cold, he has a flu or something, right? And he's coughing, sneezing, snotting, all this stuff is going on with him, right? Or are you going to look at him and say, hey, man, quit coughing, that's nasty. No. Hey, not. man, quit wiping your nose on, quit, you know, leaving the, t- the tissues, man, that's gross with the snot and all that stuff on it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, man, quit all that sneezing, bro, because you're going to get me sick. Yeah, no, we don't. You're not going to look at it that way because you're like, nah, he's sick. He can't control that. Those are symptoms wow. of his illness. Those are symptoms of his illness. Right? Okay. So when we look at, you know, some of our family, our parents, some friends, some girls, girls we deal with, some dudes we deal with, whatever the case is, you know, some of those people are sick emotionally. Ooh. They're sick mentally. Right? B- Bishop just, Bell going in right now. Okay. <laughs> they're sick mentally, right? And it, and it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder or anything crazy to have a little bit of something off mentally. Yeah. So if we know... That my dad is not all the way there. Man. The way that he deals with relationships, because your dad and my dad have that in common. Yes. Right? They both have issues with a lot of people that don't got issues with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They both keep stuff alive that, that, that shouldn't be alive, right? So right. we know that that is a, a, a trend for them, right? Mm-hmm. If we know that they may, they may not know how to operate in those, those areas, that area in their life may be sick. We got to deal with them accordingly. Yeah. Because what we want to do is say, nah, he grown. He should know better. Now they should be doing X, Y, and Z. That's my dad, and, and and try to hold them, you know, hold them hostage by this this standard of how they should be living. Right. When in fact that is not the reality. The reality is they're sick. They can't they can't live to that standard because that's not their story. The standard they're living to is the standard that that fits who they are. Mm. I think that's good. I think that's good. Say that one more time. We all have this perceived understanding and expectation for the people in our lives. Based on what? Based on, I don't know. It's probably society and environment and like, you know, external conditions. Yeah. I think we, I think we've just been conditioned that way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if we unpack it, we definitely can get to the bottom of it. But I'm looking at it right now as you say that, like, yeah, a dad is supposed to do this. You know what I'm saying? So my dad doesn't do this. He's failing my standard of him. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, that's the very thing I wouldn't want him to do to me. Don't tell me what I'm supposed to be doing and what you mm. think I should be doing. Mm. But I'm doing the same thing. And yeah. say, as a dad, this is what you're supposed yeah. to be doing. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's is that crazy. love or ego? It's ego. So I talk about that with my dad too. Or, yeah. or, you know, and just people in general. It's like for my dad, for example. Um, you know, me and T talk about this all the time. And I often make the, uh, the example that, you know, my dad longs, you know, to, 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 to set the scene real quick. You know, I got an older brother, he's 41, 40 or something like that. And my dad's relationship with him isn't as strong as his relationship with me, right? Um, My brother wants a relationship with him, you know, but he's still holding on to the past and don't really want that, right? So for my brother, my brother isn't this shining example of, of, you know, what a successful son should look like. Right now, me, on paper, I'm looking pretty good right now. I look like I I got my stuff together. I look like everything's great. And if you tell my story, if my dad tell at least the, the good stuff of my story, my dad tells that to his friends and, and, and people around him that makes him look like a good father, wow. right? Because I'm doing well for myself. That can support his ego and, and his position and his um, narrative and the identity he wants to create of, you know, I did well. At least I got one of my sons right, right? Wow. So his relationship with me may not be just because he loves me and he wants to, to you know, have a close bond with his son, but it may be because I make him look good you know, that's tough. and I support his narrative of, you know, success, I guess. Right. Mm. 
The reason why I say that is because his actions do not support him just wanting a relationship with me. Yeah. You know, I literally, at 27 years old, wrote my dad a letter a couple of days ago and expressed some of the things I want from him. From, you know, throwing a football with him in the park or, you know, hooping with him even at, you know, this age. From playing dominoes with him and my brother. From him being involved with my nieces, my nephew. Him being involved with me and my daughter more and playing with us. Him calling my daughter more. Express all of that to him, right? Literally, I've, I've done that. So we're going to see if, he, if, if, if any of that stuff changes. But, you know, that stuff would support him wanting a relationship with me and not the idea of me. The idea of you. That's deep. Well, just just to kind of go into that, I'm sure that's gonna have to be its own, its own segment, right? What 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 got you to the point to decide to write a letter, to give to him? So I tried to do this years ago because mm-hmm. I, I had so much stuff on my heart. So I tried to do that, but I decided that um, I was too afraid. So I just I, I mean actually I, actually you know I tell you what happened. I was writing it, and literally I got like five or six sentences deep, and I started to feel. Mm. I said I'm not doing this. Mm. And I folded it up, put it away, hit it somewhere. I think I still had that half-written letter somewhere, and then I moved on with my life. And then um, this past week, he had said he wanted to talk. And I said, "Oh, you want to talk? Mm. All right, bet. I you got know, let's talk yeah. then, right?" Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I had some stuff on my heart, and I, I had told him before, I'm like, you know what? This time, I want to stay on on track when we do talk, yeah. and I want to have my stuff written down, my points made, so it ain't no back and forth of getting cut off. I can just say what I got to say, right? Yeah. So I wrote this letter, and I started crying. As like, you were writing it. As I was writing it. Like, I got halfway through the first page, and I started crying, yo. Mm. Crying. And I'm like, yo, okay. You know, and then by the time I finished the letter, and it wasn't all bad, I talked about some of the stuff. You know, the format of the letter was, this is what um, you taught me, right? Mm-hmm. And this good. is what I want. This is one of the darkest times of my life, and I felt like you weren't there for me. Ooh. You know? And this is um, what I want for us going forward, and the mm-hmm. relationship I want for us. That's good. Right? Kind of formatting that way, because I wanted to give him, I didn't want to give him bags. I don't think he was going to respond to that. So I did all of that, and what I noticed after I wrote the letter, bro, I was straight. Yeah. I didn't have to talk about it. I didn't have to read it. I still forced myself to, because I was afraid to read it in yeah. front of my dad, and I cried again when I read it to him, right? Oh, you read it to him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Another side, my dad's like a little dyslexic. He's mm-hmm. Well, he's, he is dyslexic, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, he can read, but I want to make sure that he would comprehend it and yeah. got through. And I, and I did want to, want him to hear it in my voice, my cadence, and how I wanted it you know, to be read. Damn, bro. So I, I did. I, I read it to him. Yeah. Hey, this is super sidebar. I, I'm not even going to say this on air. I'm not going to say it on air. Say it. Why not? No, I'm not going to say it okay. on air. I can't. I won't say it on air. Okay. Um, but the public will hear and, and see about it. But um, that's powerful, bro. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you did that. Really? Like, for real. That's, that's like, that's powerful. Wow, so I'm I'm reaching a bit, but I feel like just going back to the whole conversation about responsibility. You could have made all these excuses as to why it wasn't your role, yeah, because you're not the parent. You know, um, you know, you've made your attempts, and you know, maybe maybe it fell upon deaf ears at one point in time, whatever it may have been, but in in spite of all of that, you did what you felt you needed to do. Even though you started once and didn't, you still went back to do it. Um, and you said after you did it, you felt good. Yeah. And the, the deed wasn't even fully done yet. You hadn't even given it to him. But you started to feel better in just taking that responsibility to write something. Yeah. And, but even though I felt, felt better, that wasn't the end of it. I couldn't right. stop, right? Because in reading it, that was another layer of it. Because in that conversation, bro, I literally... 
Okay. So one of the big things in my in that conversation I had to talk about was my um my battle with with um depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts as yeah. it relates to my dad because I received a bit of information last week that my dad had tried to commit suicide before. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Right. And I'm right. like, Dad, if you've been there, why couldn't we have why I don't I don't know this mm-hmm. that could have helped me. Man. I could have needed to talk to you about what you felt during that time because we can relate on this. Yeah. You know, but instead you tell me the same stories, the same ten traumas of your life on like a loop. Yes. Right? Yes. But yes. I needed that. Yeah. I'm not crazy. You went through this too, right? Right. So I talked to him about, you know, how last fall, and that's going to be another another podcast, all of that, but how last fall, like, you know, I I was, I had, like, legit suicidal thoughts. I was, you know, I had a, a, a very loose plan, and I was really thinking about everything I went through and how I got out of that situation and why I live my life the way I do now. I mm. said that in the letter. Wow. And at no point in the conversation did he say, like, he wasn't shocked, he wasn't surprised, he wasn't, like, he didn't feel, he didn't feel nothing. He didn't say, oh, my God, son, I... Nigga, what? I, like, I need you here. Like, you know, I yeah. love you, blah, blah, blah. Like, how could you? Like, how could you even think about that? Like, 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 come on. Like, what's good? Are you okay now? Like, what's good now? Have you felt that way after? Have you ever felt like that before? There was none of that, right? And I, and I, and I expected and wanted all of that from my dad. Man, right? bro, I'm sorry. Man, that's powerful, dog. That, I, I'm just sitting here thinking <laughs> about it, dog, and I'm over here yeah. tripping, like, dog. Yeah, yeah. So all of that was in there, and he didn't, he didn't touch on any of it. I've never heard anything like this before. I've, Ever. I've me neither. Ever, bro. Bro, there's, there's nobody that can tell me how to deal with this. This is just life. No, bro. Just, bro. Bro. Dog. So I told him all of that, and there was no, like, real response. There was no real love. There, there, I didn't get what I needed from him. So I said in that moment, I said, okay, I get it now. I get it. We talk, Another bar. We talked about, um, I told you just a, a couple minutes ago, how he was talking about how nobody ever taught him how to tie a tie. Nobody ever took him out and did X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, Dad, we didn't do that stuff either. No, no, you, you and mom didn't teach me how to tie a tie. You know, James at my church at Faith Inspirational taught me. Y'all didn't teach me how to tie my shoes. My babysitter taught me. You didn't teach me how to drive. My mom's boyfriend taught me how to drive. So he's, right? so he's there and he's expressing to you how he did not have he's this ex- example. He's expressing everything that he didn't have growing up in his life to the person he's responsible to give everything he didn't have growing up. And, he, and then you're letting him know, well, the same thing you didn't have, I didn't have either. And you right. were right and there. And you were the one supposed to give it to me. But to that, he just goes back to, yeah, man, but I didn't have this. And I remember this. And so this. He, didn't even, he didn't even acknowledge nah, he, it. He didn't really, yeah. See, the thing you said, bro, was this, these 10 traumas, you know, that he keeps replaying back on a loop. Yeah. Same, bro. Same with my dad. I know. And the conversations yeah. I've had with people since listening to that podcast we did, uh-huh. same thing. It's like really? the same exact thing. Wait, people thing. have hit you saying they've gone through the same thing? Yes, bro. Oh, wow. The same exact thing. Wow. Some people are a lot more emotional about it. Some people are detached as I was about it. Yeah. And the fact that you just said you told him this and he just went right back to what he was talking about, mm-hmm. literally the physical representation of if there was an audio on 10 traumas and you press play, you can insert anything you want to insert at any point in time, but it's just going to keep playing. It's going to keep playing. Yeah. It's just going to keep playing. Yeah. Like yeah. you said on loop, but it's literally just he just went back to didn't even didn't even bat yeah. an eye. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. In to that moment, right back now to in it. his defense, later on in the conversation, he did make a mention like, "Oh man, if you you could like if you ever need to call somebody, you can't call me." He said that later. Yeah, you know. And then he also said, uh, um, he also did you know at at, at a point you know after he kind of got a lot of that stuff out again for like the second time, whatever. Talk about how like um, 
you know, how I've affected him and, 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 and helped him as far as like how I taught him how to love in a sense because he wasn't a, you know, physical person. He wasn't hugging and all that kind of yeah. stuff or he, I tell him I love him every time I got the phone and I'd be like, oh, yeah. you ain't going to say it back and press them. So he talked about that kind of stuff too, yeah. but the majority of it, the focus, you know, stayed on him for the conversation, yeah. even when his son was, was, was crying out maybe in that moment. Yeah. I love that, bro. I yeah. love that you take that example because I, I remember, I think the first couple of times I saw you with your dad, mm. I was like, damn, that's tight. Like, just the way you even press your dad, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm actually <laughs> a, a very surprised when I tell you stories about my situation with my dad to hear similarities. Yeah. Because when I see your, you and your father interact, it looks very different than how me and my dad interact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are talking about situations and you're telling him about your hurt or something that you didn't like, or yeah. you guys are going back and forth with this relationship where it seems two-sided. You know, I know in moments that it's one-sided, yeah. but it seems very two-sided, you know. You're going to hug on me. Like, you ain't going to tell me you love me. You ain't going to tell me you love me. He's like, man, if you don't get, like, keep talking to me. Man, yeah. if you don't come get your boy or whatever the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. may be, the fact that you're even comfortable enough to even put that out there, tell even if he doesn't him. respond. But telling him that you love him, hugging him, doing the things that make him uncomfortable, but being secure and, and, and aware of it to keep doing it because you recognize the importance in spite of his lack of respect. Uh, reciprocity Right You know what I'm saying Because by the time He started getting that behavior It was too late I was raised by my mama bro Right For five or six years Just us mm -hmm. During the most formative years Me and my mother established Who I am As it relates to love Right Right My mother always accepted my love And at, and at those times She encouraged my love Right Right, right. So my dad is just getting um, The residual effects Of how my mother of how your raised mom. me But the thing is Even though it was But you're saying Quote after, unquote too late he made a comment to say you're teaching him how to love. Yeah. So even though in the moment of you doing it, he's not necessarily knowing how to reciprocate. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what I think it comes down to. He's receiving it and he knows what's happening, but he doesn't know how to process it. So he's not even really responding to it. Mm -hmm. But he made a comment to you to say you're teaching him how. Yeah. That's loud. Because for me and my dad. Well, no. Like, I, well, so just yeah. for, for, for perspective, he mm -hmm. I taught him how. Because he's, he's referring to stuff that happened when I was when I was like in middle school. Okay, right? okay, okay. And we're talking about it now, however many years later. Now, if I tell him I love him, he's going to say it back. It's right. not a thing. Okay. But before it was. I, I yeah. guess that's the piece then. Because, my, uh -huh. my, my, I mean, I know he says it back. And I know he hugs you. And he lets you know he, you love him. But I guess just at like face value really quick, coming from a point where he wasn't probably as affectionate and now he is yeah. to the point where he's hugging. And, you know, even the input of, you know, if you ever yeah. need something, I got you. Like, I, I can tell that that was something that probably was learned. Just yes, based off yes. of the conversations that he has, I can tell maybe he was in a much further place than where he is now. He's a yeah. lot closer to, um, he's, he's, he's improved over the years, I guess is the best way I can put it, over time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because, like, for me, my situation with my dad, I remember there was times, years, like, I don't know what age it stopped, but there was a point in time where my dad and I never told each other that we loved each other. Mm. When I was a little boy, I remember, oh, I love you, dad, get off the phone, you know, talk about McDonald's and all that. It was a whole thing. Yeah. And I, I don't even know when it was, but I would look up and I couldn't tell you the last time my dad told me I lo he loved me or I told him I loved him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I can't even tell you that. So as of late, you know, prior to, you know, the episode, my daddy broke up with me. Mm. Um, we had been telling each other, I love you. Yeah. But that space and time in between, there was none of that. So I just think about that's an improvement for me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That that's a step in the right direction. Now, so what role could that. I have played to help encourage more of that if I let him know how important that was for me, or if I let him know that I appreciated him telling me that? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now that could that that would have been bro. That would have been an extra step from what I was doing. 
right? Yeah. Because when yeah. I was operating, I was just like my my arrogance in a good way of mm-hmm. just like I'm gonna do what I want to do. Like even now, if you see me like giving my dad um, a hard time or whatever. It's just because I don't care. Like, you're not about to do nothing. Yeah. You know? No, like, I understand that. Like, yeah. yesterday, yeah. like, you know, I went in there to hug him, and he didn't get up. He didn't hug me. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday, bro. Yeah. And then I went, I hugged Lisa at the house, and then um, I sat down, mm-hmm. you know? And then later on, I circled back around because I don't care. Bro, you about to hug me, or you, or you about to hug me, or catch this fade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I will do him. Like, I just, I don't care, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's at that point where I don't really tell him how much it means to me, but, you know, this is something that Maddie taught me, and that just tells you about the continuum of love. You know, I know how much it means when Maddie tells me she loves me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I may not ever express that to her, or she may not know in that moment. But, you know, I may, you know, hug her, oh, I love you too, and go to my room. And then it hits me like, man, wow, that felt good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So whether he tells me or not, I, I, I just I know it means something. Right. You know, love right. is universal, bro. It's, it's wild, but. That's amazing. That's amazing. I just, like, like I said, I just like the, 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 the role that you take in that. Um, once again, the responsibility to yourself and even to the relationships, you know, talking about the, you know, mending things with your aunt. And then even now writing that letter to your dad. Yeah. Just the responsibility that you have to yourself, not even for the sake of my dad needs this or my aunt needs this. It's just you recognizing this is a role you played. Yeah. So you're going to step up to the plate and, you know, move forward in that, irregardless of whose fault it was. Right. Who's... Uh, majority like whose responsibility is the most like that doesn't matter you know what right. I'm saying what is it that you ultimately want and what can you do to help bring that to pass yeah I think that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful bro yeah I mean I think that's what it's about man it's really about you know taking that ownership man um, in those situations because at the end of the day man we all got problems mm-hmm. at the end of the day we're all not getting the love we want to receive at the end of the day you know, we all want more from people than what we're getting, but we can talk about these problems all we want, but what are we gonna do to fix it? And what are we gonna do to get our peace? Because I tell you, bro, in these moments, man, I really, really truly believe that, you know, regardless of where my relationship with my father goes, um, I got peace, bro. Yeah, see? Because I, I know I've done what That's I need big. to do. You have peace because you know you've done, you've done with all that you need to do. Yeah. You know that you've done all that you need to do. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yo, this is Helping Homies Win the Podcast. We appreciate y'all for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell your homies. Tell my homies. Tell they homies. Peace. Peace.